think, but for the most part, organizations are trying to do the right thing. They're trying to get the numbers and the narrative to sync up. Why? Because generationally, Gen Z and, and, and just everyone are making decisions about brands and about companies, brands they want to buy and companies they want to work for. They're going to last generations. Welcome to episode one of the Real People, Real Impact podcast hosted by ESG Analytics. My name is Q, and I'm the founder and CEO of ESG Analytics, where we use artificial intelligence to look at other data sources outside of company disclosure to infer ESG performance. Uh, we give you the outside-in perspective into ESG analysis. Really excited to be sharing our conversation with Michael Young today. He works in the PR and communication space and has worked with some of the biggest companies actually implementing their ESG communication strategies. He's a wonderful speaker and knows a ton about this space and has really done it at the highest levels. So without further ado, here's my conversation with him. I would love to just get like an introduction of yourself. So I would describe you as like a PR and communications mogul at this point with all the different <laughs> agencies you own, like with the Millerite Holdings and actual agency. I remember when I was trying to prospect you initially, I was like, this guy has his hands in everything. Um, and with your purpose podcast, so maybe yeah, give give us a little bit of overview yeah. of yourself. If, you know, is what I described correct? How would you phrase that differently? And then I would love to jump into yeah, your background and you know, UC and all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate the mogul title, and and we just uh, <laughs> we just moguled up this week, actually, or no, it was last week. Wow, time flies. Uh, we launched a venture fund to stand up, yeah, new brand new agencies. So we're we're getting after it. Um, so yeah, we 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 own three agency brands. Uh, we, as I said, we stood up a venture fund. Uh, that's mostly for global um, uh, agencies, starting global agencies. We've kicked off two in London. Um, we're looking at France. We're going to uh, Asia-Pac uh, pretty soon because we have needs over there. So, yeah. Yeah. And then just by way of background, uh, I've been in the agency business for 20 years, worked at a bunch of big shops, a couple of small shops. Um, but started out on my own in 2016. And um, awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your success. I mean, like you said, moguling up all the way and we look <laughs> forward to, <laughs> I mean, with all the investments in venture funds, uh, like around the world, that's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool to uh, track the progress. Um, so, you know, obviously we're focused on ESG here and I'm really curious to hear from your side, A, first of all, like, what do you believe is the relationship between you know what you do and ESG as a whole? And then after that, uh, you know, love to get into your background on how you got there uh, and mm. what that looks like today. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great question, and you know, I've, I've I, I think there there's definitely some overlap, mostly between the numbers and the narrative, and every organization has both numbers and a narrative. They've got a business story. They've got a carbon footprint. Uh, they've got diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. They've got numbers. They've got things that they're trying to do from a business standpoint. 
Um, and ESG is really a measure of that in, in one specific realm and dimension. And then they have a narrative and they have, they're trying to communicate that what they're doing from a business standpoint, from an ESG standpoint, to stakeholders and to the marketplace. And that's really where what we do comes into play. Right. I love that. Um, the the numbers and the narrative. That's such a powerful way to describe that, especially when we're trying to quantify uh, qualitative aspects, right? You you need that story to weave everything together. Uh, so it's, it's such an important uh, important phrase. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I didn't make it up. It's actually from a book, uh, NYU Stern professor, brilliant guy, wrote a book called Numbers in the Narrative, and I've been a fan ever since. Um, but, you know, the, and the other, the, the sort of the flip side of that is what we've seen, if we just take the, the ESG and the purpose world for a moment, you've seen a lot of organizations get out there too far in the narrative realm and can't bag it up with numbers, right? Mm. So that's really what, you know, the greenwashing, purpose washing, backlash is really all about is, you know, you're out here pitching a, a, a story and a narrative which fundamentally isn't really quantitatively yeah. valid. I'm glad, so. I'm glad you brought that up because this is a question I was going to ask you later on, but uh, while we're here, so yeah, obviously everyone's talking about greenwashing and it's greenwashing, pinkwashing, social washing, purpose washing, you know, XYZ watching, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And as as you said, it's when the narrative gets too far ahead. Um, how do you manage that uh, when you're working with companies? Do you see, is there a bit of a tug of war between what they want to tell to the world and what you can tell today? Uh, so curious to hear that from the inside out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think organizations are much, most organizations are pretty disciplined, right? You know, now and again, you'll see some outliers. Um, I think the market, uh, the media, consumers, employees are really are starting. They start. They have asymmetric power and are and are truly starting to discipline uh, organizations. Look at what you know what's happened to Facebook um, most recently, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have an employee who leaks tons of strategic information. And that one individual has vast power over this organization. And I think most organizations have figured this out, right? If they're going to fake it, they're going to get nailed. So there is a disciplining process going on. I think there is, you know, there's always a tendency to want to shine a light on the good and try to ignore the bad. I think that's a very human uh, tendency, right? That's innate in in many areas of life. Even, even down I, to trading, right? We like to hold on to the winners and just don't yeah, tell people about the course. losses, right? It's a different, right. different version of that. That's exactly right. Um, that was Victor Niederhofer's quote in the Education of a Speculator. He said, "You can always tell the losers on Wall Street. They're always <laughs> talking about their winning trades." A hundred percent. Right. So anyway, the you know I think the broadly the news for corporations and those of us who work in the space is that the, we have to collapse the say-do ratio. Meaning what we say we're about is what we have to do, 
and there right. cannot be a gap between those two. Yeah, it's uh, we think about that sometimes, and also like you know what we what they say versus what we say, right? And sometimes you mm -hmm. there's that there's a, there's a stark difference sometimes, which is where you get to, yeah an opportunity to investigate further. Um, so yeah, stepping back a bit. So tell us how you got into ESG, starting in PR and communications. I know you had mentioned I think Celestica, is that correct? Uh, but yeah, what does that journey look like? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Bank of Montreal, BMO Harris were, was our first real entree into this world. And um, we were working with them on some other stuff. And they asked us to come in and, um, you know, provide some thinking on on their purpose narrative. And so got involved in in that journey with them. And then other clients quickly noticed that um, every organization has, wants to tell a story around um, ESG now. And the market has certainly, um, and by the market, I mean, everywhere you look, ESG is now front and center. And so it's a core part of the communications offering these days. Um, I think there are specialist firms that do just that. And I think many many firms, many agencies um, have developed capabilities and built out practices and practice groups and are now helping advise clients on everything that goes under the broad heading. But for me, it was really a um, sort of a, a lucky break and an opportunity to work with some really great brands. And um, and then I, I, I launched the podcast, uh, Purpose Inc., um, you know, to re really to educate myself. Um, but I also noticed that there was a, there's a real desire and a need to talk about this topic. Um, and so the podcast has, has helped me do a couple of things, do those couple of things. Yeah. And you have some, you've had some great people on there. Um, so for anyone who's listening, that's the purpose, purpose Inc podcast, right? Correct. Awesome. And yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Like where was the Genesis and, uh, any, any key, of course, all the speakers are awesome, but any uh, any key uh, highlights that stuck out to you from yeah. the episodes that you've done? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the well, the starting point was back in January 2020 when I had the idea. And I remember, um, you know, wanting really wanting to sort of just open up a conversational space again for myself and for people that I know so we could learn and educate and, you know, invite experts in. And so you know, had had my first guest, uh, my good friend, Anthony Goodman, who's uh, who recruits um, boards of directors for big companies at Corn Ferry. And he really talked a, a very broadly about what's going on in governance and ESG. And then we just went from there. And and then 2020 happened, pandemic, George Floyd's murder, um, social justice movement, all of that just sort of happened while we were doing the podcast last year. And so then really everybody wanted to talk about it. And so, um, you know, I had Leslie Slate Brown who heads diversity for HP and, um, you know, Grady Crosby who does the same at, um, at Johnson Controls. And more recently, we've been talking a lot about uh, sustainability broadly and um, had folks from, uh, Chipotle and uh, the former McKinsey partner, uh, Bruce Simpson on. Um, so we really had a, a diversity of guests. Yeah, definitely. Probably, 
one of my favorites, um, always Allison Taylor at NYU Stern School, who is probably the most sharp-eyed critic of things going on in the ESG space and follow her on LinkedIn and yeah. listen to the podcast and she's yeah, yeah. absolute firecracker with the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um no that's that's really cool. And um you know one thing that really stuck out to me from our last conversation was I forget what you were talking about exactly, but what the person said back to you was something like you know, corporate America is not just these guys sitting around a boardroom smoking oh, yeah. a cigar. So oh, tell me yeah. a little bit more about the genesis of that story and what is what does that mean to you uh, today? Yeah, that was um, um, one of the BMO execs uh, who runs their sustainability portfolio. He said, you know, for the most part, corporate America is not a, a bunch of guys sitting around in a boardroom lighting cigars with oil soaked birds. That was the quote, right? And I just, it just, it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think for the most part, um, well, care, I'll be careful. Some organization, most organizations are trying to do the right thing. There are other organizations who are saying they're doing the right thing, but are lobbying for an, lobbying Washington and Ottawa and um, Brussels and every other major capital to get for deregulation, for looser labor laws and tax abatements, right? So so they may be saying one thing, but doing another thing. Uh, and that's a real ethical issue and a real ethical challenge. And that's typically beyond the scope of the work that I can do for an organization. I cannot help them sort of put lipstick on that um, pig, right? But right. that's not my job. But so I think, but for the most part, organizations are trying to do the right thing. They're trying to get the numbers and the narrative to sync up. Why? Because generationally, Gen Z and, and, and just everyone are making decisions about brands and about companies, brands they want to buy and companies they want to work for, they're going to last generations right now, totally. right now. And, you know, it's one, and, and that's really, to, to, you know, again, to go back to Facebook, that's their systemic problem, right? Is totally. Event, eventually they run out of young engineers coming out of school that want to work for them. And they know no. that. Exactly. And on the flip side, it's also why this industry has gotten so big because you know, A, like you said, the values-based alignment and all the investment fund flows are all chasing the generational transfer of wealth, right? And mm -hmm. statistic after statistic and surveys have shown that this is where the new generation is, is headed. And, you know, we kind of have to look across the, the dip, right, to, to get there. But you mentioned the scope of what's in control. So, you know, there's obviously some things that you will do uh, with the PR and communications elements of ESG and some things that you're not going to touch. Um, and, you know, different agencies, are, I've talked to a few of them, you know, some help with the report and some do purely PR and the press releases and some write the infamous 900 page sustainability <laughs> reports, <laughs> uh, which I think is something for a different day that's changing quite fast. But what's within scope for your work with companies on ESG? Yeah, so we we are first and foremost a strategy and thought leadership firm. That's really 
we focus on storytelling, on narrative, uh, mostly on big picture storytelling and narrative, right? So not, we can do, we do product, we do a bunch of that, but for the most part, we work with organizations that have a narrative in transition and ESG and purpose is a part of that narrative. It may be one of the, uh, you know, one of the pillars, one of the channels that they're, uh, they're trying to communicate around. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, we would partner on the deep technical side. We often get asked to, look at a sustainability report or a you know an annual report and see and and bring those stories to life there there are a lot of narratives and great storylines that are buried inside of those four three four hundred page reports that nobody reads right a few people read right so there's gold there and and that's really what our specialty is is to look at those um look at look at what the company is doing broadly and holistically look at the brand look at how they communicate and then put an esg or put a purpose lens on it and figure out where should they be getting more um recognition for the things that they're doing and where do they where where do they need to develop a better storyline so it isn't all you know everything is working and everything's great Oftentimes we have to sort out, these are the things that are your most productive, most interesting, most compelling, most data-driven uh, ESG stories. And these are the things that are you know, still in development. And these are the things you probably, from a materiality standpoint, you probably don't want to touch, right? Yeah, Just that makes sense. stay away from them. Yep. Yeah, and it's a it's a crazy moving target, right? With all the different reporting structures that keep changing, and you know, different people's expectation as the data comes into play, and what they can measure, what they can't. Um, which is a you know why we need people like you driving that high level uh, strategy as well. So, what what does that look like for the future of ESG communications, like the future of the numbers and the narrative, as you put it earlier? Because mm. uh, I imagine you know what was a well and live for SRI and 2010 is very different from what a firm and how they think about communicating ESG to the public today, right? And a year from now, I can only imagine what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, I, I think there have to be better, there have to be better tools and ways to align and connect and see numbers and narratives now. Um, and I think that's keeping keeping those two things in focus. Uh, keeping them linked and on side, if you will, uh, is hugely important. And I think, you know, there are a lot of good people out there, well-intentioned, working really hard. And and the social conversation moves very, very rapidly. And so Definitely. that's sometimes where we see firms, you know, ma- making some obvious either missteps or, or, or just they're out of sync with the social dialogue. And so that that can be extremely challenging. And then I think, you know, the the future has to be around as everything has moved to a service or or become a modular component in a larger system. There isn't this one monolithic thing. And I think 
organizations probably need to move away from the annual sustainability report and have sustainability as part of this always on reporting. And you do see that in um, in quarterly, you know, in, in analyst calls and things like that. Very often you'll see ESG metrics, ESG, ESG storylines popping up in the talking points for executives. But I think it's it's much it's become much more fluid, much more dynamic, and the need to be responsive to stakeholders has never been higher. And again, it isn't um, you know it the 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 power has shifted. And again, look at what uh, Engine One has is did with Exxon. Right. hundred percent. Exactly. Right. right. Like that's the part, that's the emblematic example, right? Small totally. hedge fund activist investor flip the script. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Exactly. Um, the the right. new ETFs, right. That have uh, activist purpose investing as their mandate, uh, with right. a, you know, unconstrained uh, way to do that. No, that's fantastic. I mean, fluid, dynamic, always on sustainability that kind of cuts across the whole system because it does touch the whole system right i know we always used to focus on the environmental stuff historically like majority but uh it's changed with the last couple of years and uh yeah i think that's that's the future for sure especially as we move on to you know like sasb is doing things like machine automated um filings of sustainability data right which historically again have been in those reports so no, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that's a perfect way to end that conversation because like, that is the vision of the future. So I think what I would love you to, uh, is there anything else you want to talk to our listeners or readers about and where can they find you? Uh, they can find me. Well, thank you for the conversation. I appreciate it. And thank uh, you. they can find me at uh, actual.agency um no.com just actual.agency um michael.young at actual.agency or at mby on twitter awesome and i know we have a lot of peer and communication firms that come and register for for our application if they want to be invested in with your new fund what do they need to do just go to mxp.ventures <laughs> and pitch us an idea we're awesome. we're, take, we're taking ideas right open there. for business <laughs> open for business i will you help you it. get to that global domination i like it i like it i like it thanks man awesome no thank you so much for this conversation michael that's uh absolutely fantastic you're so eloquent in the way that you speak uh the resources and the different things that you do so it's really been a pleasure having you on and i appreciate the opportunity same here to you appreciate it very much and look forward to talking again